Good morning, Crossbridge. Or if you're watching at a delayed time, good afternoon or good evening. Wish I could be with you in person, but we can connect this way also. Hey, before we be, uh, get into our topic for the day, I wanted to remind you of the upcoming four-week sermon series. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have guest preachers from different ethnic groups address the topic of the biblical basis for diversity, equality, and inclusion. That's a high value today, as you know. We hear about you know, diversity and equality just about every day. Uh, is it a biblical value? Well, you're not surprised. The answer is yes, but where do we find it? What's the biblical basis for this, this cultural value today? So we look forward to hearing biblical teaching on this hot topic of society. And our own COLA is going to start the series uh, one week from today. We look forward to that. But the topic today is baptism. Baptism. Um, what does it mean? Uh, what does it do? And who may be baptized? I'm going to look at a whole bunch of different scriptures today, not just a single passage. So you might want to take notes and uh, look the verses up later. Um, what does baptism mean? What does it do? What does it accomplish? And therefore, who may be baptized? Well, baptism is very important. As you know, it's right there in the Great Commission, right? Our Lord Jesus said, go into all the world and teach and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And churches around the globe today and throughout history have uh, followed that commandment and Crossbridge is part of that great train, this great universal church we baptize. So let me lay my cards on the table. I'd like you to be baptized. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you identify with him, if you claim him as your Lord and Savior, you need to take this step of obedience and faith. It will strengthen your faith. It will follow in the steps of Jesus. Remember, he was baptized. Isn't that interesting? He, he, he set the model for us. And so I'd like you to be baptized. Now, if you have been baptized, then this is a good refresher, a reminder. What does it mean? Why did I do that? Maybe you can renew your baptismal commitment. And uh, this can also help you counsel other people, maybe your children. What does it mean? Uh, what does it do? And who may be baptized? Let me begin with a symbol, drawing a symbol for you. I'm not much of an artist, but here I'll draw for you with two simple lines. A fish, you've seen that. That's a symbol of Christianity, right? Uh, historically, and even today, it's a, it's a way of identifying yourself as a Christian or to talk about Christianity. Why that symbol? Well, if you spell out the Greek word fish, it's ichthus, like today we study ichthyology, comes from the Greek. The, the letters of uh, I, C, uh, theta, ichthus, it ends with a 
S or an S sound. If you take those letters, it also is the first, they are the first letters in the phrase, Jesus Christ, God's son, savior. So the fish is a good symbol of Christianity. It reminds us, uh, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. It reminds us that he, he multiplied the fish and the loaves. So it symbolizes uh, Christianity. All right, what does baptism symbolize? It's kind of a funny ritual, isn't it? You know, put someone under, under the water and bring them up. I don't know if we have anything like that in just in the world, in culture. We have lots of different ceremonies. But why that symbol? What does it symbolize? So let's tackle our first question. What does it mean? The word, the Greek word is baptizo. We just come straight into English, baptize. They didn't even really translate it. They just transliterated it. They took the Greek letters and brought it into English. But what does it mean if you translate it? It means to plunge underwater or to dip or to immerse in water. For example, uh, secular Greek literature talks about baptizing, baptizoing uh, pots and pans when you're washing them. So it means to plunge under water. Now, metaphorically, it came to mean to immerse into something. For example, 1 Corinthians says uh, they were baptized, the, the Israelites were baptized into Moses. It means to immerse, to become a follower, to be a disciple to follow Moses, they become, became little Moseses. Uh, today we say, oh, that was his baptism of fire, meaning he was plunged into the hard time, the trial, uh, the, the uh, fire. Thus, our Christian symbol, our ritual of baptism, came to mean immersion or identification or uh, inclusion in Christ to identify, not with Moses, but to identify ourselves with Christ. For example, here's your first verse, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. You are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Two different symbols there, to be baptized into Christ, to clothe ourselves with Christ. It means to identify with, to follow, right? To be immersed into his ways and his people. I read in a, a church history book of Constantine's soldiers. Do you remember that Constantine was the first uh, Christian emperor of Rome in the 300s. The whole Roman Empire became Christian because he converted after he saw a sign in the skies. Well, after he became a Christian, he, he demanded, he required that all of his soldiers also become Christian. And in order to do that, they had to be baptized. But I also read they were not so sure about this. They, they were being forced to do it. I, they didn't know if they really believed that, you know, Jesus stuff. So 
Constantine and his generals marched them through a river. They immersed them through a river. They came out the other side. But some of them, some of the soldiers, as they marched through the river, held aloft their weapons, their battle maces, their swords. Why? Well, I think they got the idea. I think they understood that um, this is a symbol of identifying with Jesus. But hang on, I'm not identifying this with Jesus. This is my old way, my old life, and I'm still going to be killing people, and I'm still, and they didn't want their their weapons to be to be baptized. Uh, interesting story, but the point is, it is a symbol of identification with Christ. It's also a symbol of repentance. Here's another verse, Matthew chapter three, verses five through eight. Um, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water unto repentance. I baptize you with water for the purpose of, or aiming at, or the picture of repentance. So when we are baptizing, uh, when we, we consent to be baptized, it's a strong nonverbal communication of turning the old way behind the new way in front of me. It's also a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's a good symbol for that because the death and burial under the water, the resurrection coming out of the water, it's a good symbol for death, burial, and resurrection. And you find that in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. We are buried with him by baptism into death. Here's another story for you from church history. This is from a, a source uh, written by Eller. He said, uh, when Christianity made its way out of the, uh, the Southern Europe, you know, the Roman Empire, all the way up to Great Britain, uh, the tribes and the, the Druids and, you know, the different uh, uh, Celtic tribes were converting and coming to Christ. Well, one British chieftain converted and thus his whole tribe uh, also converted and he requested baptism. So the missionary explained to him, as I'm doing now, the, the meaning of this symbol, death and burial and resurrection and repentance. And so uh, he said, yes, yes, that's what I want to do. That's what I believe. So they went down to the river. They used to baptize in flowing water. That was part of their symbolism. And the missionary, uh, in order to anchor himself in the midst of this flowing stream, had a stick with a sharp sharp ending, and he would put that stick in the ground to anchor himself against the, 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 the current of the river. Well, he didn't know it, but when he stuck that thing down, he hit the chieftain's foot, and he didn't know it, and the chieftain just stood there, just stood there the whole time, and then the missionary baptized him, and then he looked down, and there's this little cloud of red forming and he said oh no i'm so sorry i didn't i why didn't you say something and the chieftain said i just thought it was part of the ceremony after all it's a symbol of death right and maybe you have to shed a little blood <laughs> to be to show that you're serious about being a christian well at crossbridge we don't we don't demand blood uh but they got the idea repentance 
a new life, death, burial, resurrection, and that is what it symbolizes. So that's what baptism means, just like the Christian fish or the drawing of the fish means something. So this symbol um, has a full, rich connotation and denotation. All right. What then does it do? What does baptism do? Specifically, the question is, does it save us? The answer is clearly no. We are not saved by doing good works. And this is a good work. It's obedience to Jesus. We, we want to do it. I want you to do it. I was baptized when I was 14 years old, not long after I came to Christ. But does it save us? No, it does not save us. The scripture is clear that salvation is an act of God, which we uh, claim and make our own simply by faith, simply by believing and trusting in him. It's not a matter of doing good deeds. For example, uh, Galatians 2.16, a man, a person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the clear teaching of the New Testament. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not of works, so that no one should boast. Look how good I am. Look, I deserve to be saved. It's not, none of us deserves to be saved. It's a gift from God. Titus 3, 5. He saved us, not on the basis of righteous deeds, which we have done, but because of his mercy. So, does baptism save us? The, the, uh, the Latin phrase, the theological phrase is ex opera operato, out of an operation by itself, sort of almost like magic. Just, you know, you throw some water on somebody, boom, and now they're a Christian. Now their sins are washed away. No, it doesn't work that way. It is not a righteous deed that, that somehow earns God's favor and obliterates our sins. However, having made a strong statement that we're saved by grace through faith, the New Testament does make a strong linkage between faith, you know, repentance, believing in Jesus, and this physical act, this good work we call baptism. Sometimes in the New Testament, the two are just like this, so that it almost sounds like you are saved by being baptized. But you have to understand those verses within the clear teaching that this is a gift of God, a salvation, not of works so that we should boast. It was the way that the early Christians and Christians throughout history have declared their allegiance. And so what does baptism do? Does it save us? No. 
Is it a kind of magic? No, but it is clearly associated with repentance, faith. Remember point number one, what does it mean? And so the one who wants to declare his repentance and faith, his identification with Jesus and his people and his ways will undergo baptism as a step of obedience, as a step of growth in Christ. Number three, third question, who then uh, can be baptized or should be baptized? Well, those who have repented and turned to Christ and believe in him and want to identify with Jesus and his people and his ways. That's who should be baptized. Specifically, the question comes up uh, often at this point, should infants be baptized? You know, they don't really have any knowledge yet. They haven't repented yet, not even aware, you know, this more adult understanding. And um, Christians differ on their answer to this question about infant baptism. At Crossbridge, our answer is baptism is best done for those who fulfill the purpose of baptism, namely, they have repented, they have believed, they have turned to Christ. So our answer to this question about infant baptism is probably not. We don't practice it at Crossbridge. It's a different theology that leads to baptizing uh, infants. Uh, in the Roman Catholic theology and some other theologies, it's that ex opera operato theology. You know, the water, boom, it does something. It's a means by which God saves and transforms a person. But that's not what scripture uh, seems to teach. Another theology called a covenant theology says this is the, the, the symbol, the ritual by which you enter into God's people, the covenant uh, community of God's people. The little baby doesn't know what's going on. So the parents, in a sense, uh, loan or transmit their faith in behalf of the baby. Once the baby grows up and becomes aware of his or her own sin, then they too need to believe and repent. But in the meantime, the parents want their child to be part of this covenant, so they, they do baptism with children. There are a few scriptures in the New Testament that you could make a doctrine like that, but it's really not very clear, and you have to do a little bit of uh, exegetical massaging, in my opinion. I don't mean to speak disrespectfully, but in order to read those verses as this, uh, through this covenant theology idea. Compare that kind of uh, uh, difficult interpretation of scripture with these plain statements, very straightforward. Acts 2.41, those who had received his word were baptized. That's the order they receive or they believe or they, they, they devote themselves to Christ and they are baptized. Acts 8.12, when they believed, they were baptized. Acts 8.37, if you believe with your whole heart, you may be baptized. Acts 18.8, many were believing and were baptized. 
So that's the pattern. That's the clear model and teaching of scripture. And so to answer our third question, who may be baptized, we feel that those who believe, those who have repented and turned and want to identify with Jesus, his people, his ways, and they're getting on that narrow path of being a Christ follower. At Crossbridge, we applaud and we understand and we affirm the sentiment that leads parents to want to baptize their children. I mean, who doesn't want their kids to be part of this covenant community? Absolutely. But we feel that a, a better ceremony to, to, uh, to, to capture that is child dedication. As a matter of fact, we have child dedication coming up on November 22nd, and you can be looking for announcements uh, on that uh, coming up soon. So instead of baptizing, which in the Bible is reserved for believers, uh, we do this child dedication, and the parent says to God in the presence of the community, I want my child to grow up to be a Christian, and I'm going to do everything I can to help that child. Will you pray with me and help us? Well, it takes a church to raise a child. Help us uh, preach the gospel and live the gospel for this child. All right, so what does it mean? It means to immerse. It means to identify with. What does it do? It demonstrates identification with Jesus his ways, his people, who may be baptized. Well, the one who wants to do that, who wants to identify with Jesus, his people, and his values. Now, I'm sure that some of you who are listening would like to do that. So your next opportunity at Crossbridge for baptism will actually not be until the spring. We normally do it in May. But I think we'll delay until June this time because we'll probably be baptizing outdoors uh, in a lake or something like that. Uh, stay tuned for COVID-related uh, adjustments. But uh, I do hope that you'll make a determination to get this done and identify with Jesus through baptism. I thought you'd be interested to hear the uh, part of the ceremony of baptism from the Book of Common Prayer. And this is the spirit at Crossbridge that we want, the, the seriousness and this, this uh, mark of discipleship uh, when we're baptized. Here's from the Book of Common Prayer. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? the one being baptized, I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce them. Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you and help you to consider seriously this, this uh, important step of baptism. 
Remember, it's coming up in the spring, probably early June, and child dedication is coming up on November 22nd. Let me know if I can be of any service to you in any way. We're here to serve you.